culture, society. On every street and around every bend lies a world positively overflowing with both. But sometimes we can all use a night in, removed from the endless spiral of chaos and absolute nonsense that waits outside our doors. And for those nights, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get your favorite drinks delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. All from the comfort of your couch. Because society is great, but it doesn't have your couch. And it's windy out. And you forgot your jacket. And oh my God, would you look at the line at that place? Are you serious? I... (sighs) So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. Get ready because it's hot and ready. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach on all of the social medias. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. And if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram or you can always join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. Okay, get ready because today, look, like I said, I only spill the tea when it's hot and ready. So I know I wasn't rushing to do any emergency episodes about the Jen Shaw stuff, but asking you shall receive. I am coming today with a, a an emergency deep dive because I didn't have like a week to prepare for this. Like it was happening hot and ready. It was Easter. So I did take a little bit of, you know, some time with my family. It was my first Easter without my grandma. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy this weekend. And as you can see, well, if you're watching this on the YouTube, you can probably barely see because I'm trying to hide it behind the mic. I've already got like a little, a little zit above my lip, which usually only happens when I'm stressed out. It's not... <sighs> Whatever. It's Monday. It's a good day. This Wednesday, we've got Rachel Yucatel on the show. Everyone's like, oh, Rachel Yucatel, she's the, the Tiger Woods mistress. She's more than the Tiger Woods mistress, okay? And I ask her all about it. I ask her about Tiger Woods. I ask her about Celebrity re- celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew. Um, we talk about Janice Dickens. She had some stuff to say about the Jan. Uh, just lots of good... It was a really good conversation. She also talks about she's like now an ambassador for Seeking Arrangement or now just Seeking. I think they're dropping the arrangement part. Anyway, it's a fun, juicy interview. I think you'll get a different uh, idea of who you think Rachel is, especially considering all the media scrutiny we even kind of talk about how like you know the the press really bullied her as being a mistress but then you know we reached this new wave in our culture of like this me too movement of, of female empowerment and you know equality with women and men and i asked her like has the tone from the public and the press changed since we decided to all get a little more woke and we're gonna find out if our culture really has gotten more woke or if it's, you know, just for, for the trend of it all. So we're going to, I'm going to talk to Rachel this Wednesday on the podcast. And I also have some really good guests. I can't talk about them yet, but I'm excited. If you want to join the the private Facebook group, I'm just going to tell you right now, I usually tease what guests will be coming up on the show. I don't tease it. I usually don't tease it on Instagram. It's only in the private Facebook group where I allow you to send me your questions for my guests. I may have a really exciting guest coming up um, that you're going to want to ask some questions of. Just going to say that. So you might want to join that private Facebook group. Um, Okay, so let's do a quick shout out, our shout out of the week before we dive into all the Jen Shaw goodness. And I'm telling you, it is some goodness. Okay, our shout out this week goes to Biting Babs on iTunes, who left me a five star review. And I'm so, so grateful. She said, so glad I discovered this podcast. Zach is smart 
analytical, and down-to-earth. Combine this with his high energy and snarky humor. He's a pleasure to listen to. This young man has excellent interview skills and gets straight to the point where others may fear to tread. We're going to tread there today, Biting Bab. Such a positive person he is and such a fun and juicy podcast. Thank you, Biting Babs. Love you. Appreciate the five-star review on iTunes. He'll be giving out another shout-out next week. Weekly shout-out. If you want to get it, got to go and, and, and leave me some good stuff. I'm also going to be reading some of your theories that you've sent in about the Jen Shaw stuff. But before we dive into Jen Shaw, I do want to say RIP to Luann Deliceps and her, her, her boo thing, Garth, who we're seeing in the trailer of the new season of Real Housewives of New York. We're going to see them start to, we're going to see their relationship kick off. And the other lady's like, oh, Garth, Garth, Garth. She answers on, she answered the call in the first ring. Well, I'm sad to say they've broken up because Garth, Wakefield cheated with the younger woman and it wasn't me not that I'm a woman but I wouldn't mind taking it home for a night taking him home for a night but younger woman he cheated they're over Dunzo's I wonder if Bethany reveals it to if breath Bethany's the one that breaks the news to her it's about Garth and unfortunately he is out the door well, Luann, you're looking hot. You're looking smoking. You'll find another man in no time. Just like find a good guy, one that's like not going to cheat on you because they all seem, I don't know why they want to cheat on Luann. I actually think she's quite a catch. She's very beautiful. She's a very beautiful woman. Her skin is looking great. Her hair looks great. She's got her cabaret. Her voice ain't that great. But you know what? We can't all be perfect. We can't all be a Ramona singer in our own heads. All right. Jen Shot. This is how we're breaking it down. This is the 411 on the Jen Shaw scandal. We're going to talk about the charges, the arrest, the arraignment. What does she actually do? do? Does anybody even really know aside from her? Let's be honest. How did Bravo miss this? The aftermath of it all. What did Coach Shaw know? Is she really guilty? And then we're going to get to all of your fan theories. All right. Let's start with the charges. So... As we know, Jen Shaw, well, actually, let's start, let's start with the arrest. That makes more sense. Okay, so the arrest happened last Tuesday. What happened? Jen Shaw was arrested while we were filming season two of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Yes, the cameras were rolling. No, they didn't actually film the arrest. Why? Because Jen was tipped off. Apparently, it sounds like the feds ended up coming to her home. And when they went to her home, Coach Shaw was like, hold up, wait a minute, she ain't here. Because he, I guess, may, I guess he was home. He wasn't off coaching that day. So Jen was actually getting ready to go on a cast trip with the other women. She got a call, got tipped off. Yo, Jen, the feds are here. They're looking for you. You better go on the run. You better start getting the car ready because we're about to have a, a full-on car chase on NBC. So Jen was like, hold up, wait a minute. I got to bounce. I have a family emergency. I hear my husband's in the hospital. Something's going on. It's a family emergency. I have to go. And then she splashes the water at the producers. And the producers are like, what? What do you mean you have to go? And the ladies are like, well, we have a cash trip right now. But if it's a family emergency, it's a family emergency. And Joe Judice is going to go talk on the phone and call his wife to see you next Tuesday. So Jen Shaw exits the scene, takes off her mic, bounces. Feds end up showing up. The women are like, whoa, what's going on? Because they, so all of their reactions were caught on camera. They did, they were filming. They did speak to some of the FBI agents who were looking for Jen Shaw. I believe they gave some sort of like testimony or something, but them talking to the feds was caught on camera, or at least their reaction to everything was caught on camera. Jen Shaw was later arrested. Um, I believe she was at, I've heard different stories. I think I believe she was like in a parking lot at a mall or something. At first, when I heard that she was at a mall, I was like, "What is she? What she decided? Oh, I'm gonna go, I buy a new outfit for my arraignment at Macy's because they're coming after me." Like I was like, "Why was she at a mall?" But I think she was just like trying to hide and run and figure out like what her next move is gonna be. Because when you hear that the feds are after you, you're like, "Holy crap! Holy guacamole! How do I compartmentalize what's happening and what I'm supposed to do next?" Because now I've just fled the scene because I said that I had a family emergency that wasn't actually real. Because Coach Shaw is doing fine, and he's just doing a whole Fofty Randall situation where I'm going to need to make him take a picture in the hospital so that I can post it on Instagram so that people believe that I'm not just hiding from Fofty because he owes me money. 
Anyway, feds catch up to her. They arrest her. And she was arrested with her assistant, Stuart. So Stuart has also been, you may remember him from the first season of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. He made a few little cameos. Remember, she has four assistants. Well, Stuart is the main head assistant of the four. Okay? So Housewives reactions were filmed. Arrest wasn't actually filmed. But Bravo is like, hold up, we're not going to let this story go. We weren't expecting this, but Jen Shaw, you gave us gold. So we're showing up at the courthouse ready for you to be released from jail. Or, yeah, they showed up and were there as she was being released. So they filmed her coming out of court. And I guess they're just trying to film as much of this as they possibly can. So that was the arrest. That was last Tuesday. We all know that. The charges. So with her assistant, Stuart Smith, they were arrested for their alleged involvement in a telemarketing scheme against elderly victims 55 plus, which apparently is like a whole other like caliber. You know, they have like first degree murder, second degree murder. Well, apparently when you're defrauding elderly people, that's like its own kind of category. And that's even worse because they're a little more vulnerable per the law. Which, I mean, to be fair, like if Jen Shaw was like calling up my grandpa and she was like, hey, you know, let me sell you these telemarketing. I mean, she wasn't actually doing it, but I'm just saying if somebody if Jen Shaw sent somebody to call my grandpa, who is a very smart, intelligent, independent man, you know, she could have very easily or he could have very easily been caught up in that sort of scandal because he's a little more vulnerable. He's not as tech savvy. So fair. Okay, so they were charged with one count of conspiracy to commit wire fraud with a maximum sentence of 30 years. So if she gets convicted to the fullest degree, it'll be 30 years in prison. And then they were also charged with one account of conspiracy to commit money laundering with a maximum sentence of 20 years. So it's a total maximum sentence of 50 years. Will she serve 50 years behind bars? Probably not. She's probably somewhere going to end up cutting a deal or something or she's going to give some names She's not going to serve 50 years in prison. She'll probably get some time, likely, compared to the Judice case and the Girardi cases. It looks like she is going to probably serve time. Tom and Erica are probably going to get off without serving time. Their reputation's tanked, but Jen Shaw will probably end up having to serve some time unless she can really prove that she had no involvement or no understanding of what was going on, which we're going to dive into, and I'm going to dissect all of those pieces and why I actually believe she will be serving some jail time. But I'm just going through the facts. If you already kind of kept up with the basic facts, you can fast forward the next few minutes because we're just right now we're in the charges. We'll get to the arraignment and then we'll we'll move into the deeper stuff. But just to catch everybody up to speed, she's facing up to a maximum sentence of 50 years total in prison. So allegedly she would obtain info, which were considered leads. So it's like, I'm, I'm assuming phone numbers, email addresses, well, obviously phone numbers because it's telemarketing. So she would be gaining these phone numbers from elderly victims, elderly people, and then she would sell those leads to telemarketing companies who would then try to sell them business services. And then she would from the people that actually purchased those business services from the other telemarketing companies, Jen Shaw would receive some sort of cut of that deal. So like a residual or think of it as like affiliate marketing. You know, when you have a pretty girl on Instagram and she's like, hey guys, or you have Vicky Gumbelson on Instagram and she's like, hey guys, come and buy my Fit Me Tea because if you buy my Fit Me Tea, you'll look like you're sick, sticking your stomach in just as hard as I am. And so then you go to Fit Me Tea and you use Vicky's code, Vicky hates Kelly Dodd. And you then get that dis- that you get that 10% off and then Vicky probably gets like 10% of that cut. So think of it as like an affiliate deal where you make the referral and then if the sale is actually converted, you make that percentage. And I believe Jen Shaw's cut was actually 10% of what she or I believe that was the standard of what she was receiving from the the victims that were participating in these telemarketing schemes that were buying into them. And so from my understanding, she would give these leads to companies that would try to sell them like business services, like to become like their own entrepreneur. Like Jen Shaw was doing her own like Trump University from Salt Lake City, but for old people. So they would try to sell these elderly people like business services or coaching services and ultimately did nothing, ultimately gave them nothing. There was no real value, but they were continuing to invest in this type of business model that really wasn't, there was no ROI. There was no return on their investment. They were promised a return on their investment, but there really wasn't. I mean, I think of it as like the people that call me and they're like, oh, hi, we want to help you clear your student loan debt because we see that you have a lot that you owe. And then I'm like, well, first of all, I didn't even finish college. Thank you very much. And second of all, I never took out a single student loan. So piss off. 
So that's what they're being accused of, is selling these fake services to elderly victims who were more vulnerable to falling for some falling for a scheme like this. Now, let's get to the arraignment, which I called into. So the arraignment first was originally supposed to happen, and then it was like a hot mess where like everybody was calling in and nobody knew how to mute their mic, and it was just like tech-savvy, no. And you would think that after being over a year into the pandemic, you would think we would have this somewhat streamlined or figured out, like at least a little bit. But apparently we're still a hot mess in Salt Lake City or in Utah or New York, wherever this was. Ta- it was taking place in multiple, multiple locations. But um, so the arraignment happened and I, the biggest I, takeaways I could say, because I listened to it, they had to reschedule it, which was the other day. So I called into that. Listen to most of it until like the very end when they were just trying to renegotiate like bail and bond and collateral and having her turn over her passport because they're, you know, they think she's a flight risk. But my biggest takeaways were one that people don't know how to use the damn mute button. Like people don't know how to mute their microphones and they still don't know how to use technology. And I understand Zoom. Zoom is a little more challenging. But when we're getting into like telephone call-ins, like we should have like we're, we're all grown adults. We should have this figured out by now, you guys. Um, second one is that Jen Shaw actually believes that she is innocent. <laughs> she has pled her and Stuart both pled not guilty at their arraignment the other day. And the third thing is that the the biggest revelation that a lot of people were surprised by is that Jen Shaw doesn't actually own anything. She didn't have any property to put up as collateral. So her her Shaw mansion was not actually owned by Jen Shaw. Now, this is where I was like, but so her lawyer said that all of her property is rented and she doesn't actually own anything, which made me think like, well, does Coach Shaw own it? Is it like an Erica and Tom situation where the house is owned and technically in his name and she just lives there? I don't know. But it doesn't look like they own any individual property or community property and everything is rented, which is interesting. And I know a lot of people like to be like, oh, well, if you rent everything, that means you're not actually rich. But I mean, I've interviewed plenty of financial advisors on the adulting podcast, which is my other show, which is more of a lifestyle show. And I've interviewed a lot of financial experts who say that it's actually that more people are switching from the purchasing of property because of the maintenance and the upkeep. And they're switching to more of this model of like renting. And so they're renting basically because they can, because they have the money to be able to rent for the rest of their lives, which I'm not sure how Jen Shaw and Coach Shaw even were able to afford their lives, but we'll get into that. But it doesn't seem like it's too out of the ordinary for people to be renting. We know a lot of, we know the Kardashians rent their homes. We know, like, it's just, it's becoming more common. So this doesn't really say that they don't have money, but the bigger question comes down to, well, how do they actually, how do they make their money? So now we let's move into what does Jen Shaw actually do? So according to the Bravo, to the Bravo website, in her bio, she's a CEO of three marketing companies. What those three marketing companies are, little up in the air. If you'll remember, at this most recent reunion, our only Salt Lake City reunion, actually, um, it was brought up that Jen Shaw has four assistants. That was one of the fan questions that were sent in. Jen Shaw, why do you have four assistants? And she said, I run a lot of different companies and businesses, and a lot of them have different roles in the companies. So according to her, she has, well, according to, to the Bravo site, she has three marketing companies and she said she runs different companies. Her background is apparently in direct response marketing and she has 20 years of experience in direct response marketing. I don't know what is, let's Google this. What is direct response marketing? I probably should have Googled that beforehand, but because I would think it would, it's more of like uh, telemarketing, right? Let's see. Direct response marketing is defined as direct response marketing is a form of communicating an offer while organizations communicate directly to pre-selected customer and supply a method for direct response. Among practitioners, it is also known as direct response marketing. By contrast, advertising is of a mass message nature. So direct marketing is a form of communicating an offer where organizations communicate directly to pre-existing customers and supply a method for a direct response. Okay, so like mail marketing, telemarketing, somewhat sort of like social media marketing. I don't know, but that's what her background is in. So she ha- she knows this game. She knows this system, which also sounds like she knows what she can and cannot legally do, 
which makes her sound a little more complicit. I'm just going to say that. So at the reunion, Jen Shaw also went on to say, we have a platform that helps people acquire customers. So when you're shopping online or on the internet and something pops up, we have the algorithm behind why you're getting served that ad. So she's Mark Zuckerberg, basically. Um, and it, it sounds like it, this, what she was referring to at the reunion, that specific company was related to like internet, social media, like Facebook ads and not telemarketing specifically. But again, she apparently has three marketing companies. So I'm assuming one of them is for like internet and social media ads. And then another one would probably be the telemarketing subdivision, which is why Stuart is involved in that, which is why he was arresting because he's probably involved in the telemarketing side of it. And the other assistants are probably involved in like the social media and the internet side of it. And then I believe there was some form from what I've heard or from what she's promoted in the past, I believe like last year she was talking about like helping coach women to build up their female entrepreneur businesses. That may be the third company. It's all still up in the air. And even Heather Gay at the reunion was like, I don't really know what she does, but I like it because apparently it's helping Heather Gay gain customers. I mean, could you imagine that if they were actually selling telemarketing services to come and get Botox at Heather Gay's beauty lab? And then what, they're going to mail it to them? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know what the, the IDK, but that's what she does. She's a marketing expert, marketing consultant. I don't even really, which is super shady because everyone that's like, I'm a marketing consultant or I have marketing businesses. It's like, what does that actually mean? Like what, you know how to post a photo to Instagram you know how to buy Instagram ads because even if you want to call yourself like a savvy ad advertisement person, like you can easily go on, on on Facebook and like look at their ad sections and they have like videos and they have their own consultants that can coach you through it that you don't really need somebody, a third party liaison to be the one to help you budget. And I don't know. I just think marketing consultants are more, unless you're like the marketing, uh, like, marketing director of like a big company that oversees all of it for your specific company. I don't think you need that, that third person broker. So a lot of the, a lot of people are asking, how did Bravo miss this? How did Bravo not know that she is allegedly a crook? How did Bravo, if they have to do background checks and when, and let me tell you, I've done several reality TV, like casting processes and It's a very long, like you have to do multiple interviews. You have to, you know, in some cases you have to get like psych evaluations. You have to do like intense background checks. And so Bravo, I'm sure, and the shows that I've been in the, that I've been in the casting process for are small, not smaller shows, but for smaller, more reduced roles, like maybe a host role or maybe a guest role or a participant role and not necessarily like a full-time housewife role. So I would assume, especially with everything that has gone on in the past few years with the different housewives, I assume that the background check and like history process is more in depth. So people are like, if that's the case, then how did they miss that Jen Shaw had this fraudulent business? Well, if you haven't gotten caught, it won't show up on your record. And Jen Shaw hasn't gotten caught. So since she has, she's just now gotten caught, now something would show up in her background check. Now something would show up on her record. But a, um, a rep for Bravo even said that like her background check came out clean for the most part. Like she has no history. She hasn't been arrested before. She hasn't been involved in any major scandals before that we know of that are public knowledge. So... And as we saw, Andy has his new show, his new show about reality TV on E. And from there, you're seeing the casting tapes for like Kyle Richards and Teresa Judice and Caroline Manzo. So you see that not only do they interview them in the casting package, but they interview their friends and people in their community. So they do in-depth background checks that if her BFF, Heather Gay, doesn't even know what she actually does. I mean, first of all, that should have been a bit of a red flag. Like you should know what your contestant or not your contestants, but you should know what your cast actually does and how they make their money. Like they're going to have to be like Joan Rivers and like go up to these housewives and be like, how how do you get your money? Because at this point, all of these ladies are starting to come up shady. But Bravo didn't really have a need to investigate further because nothing came up in her legal background check because she'd never been arrested. She'd never been involved in any of these issues. However, we'll get to the other part of 
the other people that were involved beyond her and Stewart, where she does kind of sound to be like she may be a little more complicit. Now let's talk about the aftermath of it all. So after, so before her here or before her arraignment, but after she was arrested, she her hairstylist was then posting Instagram stories and like photos of her like getting her glam done and getting her hair pressed and like you know getting all fresh for court. Which I'm like, mm, like I get, I get it. You probably want to like look cute for court, even though you're just calling in. I get it. You want to look good. Maybe it'll make you feel better because you feel like your world is crumbling. So maybe doing your hair may give you a little pep in your step because you just got caught by the feds. But if you're going to do it, don't have your stylist post photos of you doing it because the timing of it all just looks bad. It looks really, I mean, and nobody needs to even know that you went to a stylist and that that was your priority right now. And whatever her reasoning is her reasoning, but like we could have just thought that she, you know, flattened or straightened her own hair. Like her style is also completely out of touch. Like why would you even post that on your Instagram? And then Jen, Jen Shaw reposted it and it was just so out of touch. And then Jen went on to post uh, to repost like fans that were writing free Jen Shaw. And she was reposting that and she was like, oh my God, thank you guys so much. I love your support, which makes me think that she likes all of this attention and she likes the scandal she likes being infamous and she even responded to one of the one of the fans that was posting about free jen shaw she said the journey has this journey has showed me who my true friends are all my love hashtag shaw squad so she like thinks that like this is like all cool and like this is just part of her developing storyline on season two and is bravo gonna keep her probably should bravo fire her I don't want Bravo to fire her. My whole thing is everyone's like, they need to fire Erica and they need to fire Teresa and they need to fire Jen Shaw because they're criminals. But it's like, Teresa's arrest was the best thing to happen to Jersey. Teresa was the best thing to happen to Jersey. This Erica Girardi scandal, like, yeah, we all love the Brandy and Denise scandal from before, but prior to that, we had what? Puppygate, Pantygate, boring, boring, boring. Like, you're going to put me to sleep like Teddy Mellencamp. But like, now that we have like these bigger scandals that are essentially happening on like the news is covering them so this is happening on our television screens bravo just has the exclusivity to get the inside scoop and the inside story and guess what we're all gonna watch it i'm gonna watch the next season of real housewives of beverly hills because i want to see this erica jane scandal go down i'm gonna watch the next season of real housewives of salt lake city because i want to see jen shaw get arrested or at least get to see the women react to jen shaw getting arrested and seeing her coming out of court and seeing what her confessionals are going to look like and what she's actually going to say and how she's going to defend herself in all of this. I want to watch that. And let's be honest, we're all going to want to watch it. Most of us are going to want to watch it, whether you're watching it to support these women, whether you're watching it because you want to see them go down, or you're watching it because you just want the scoop on what's going on. It's why you're listening to this podcast. Let's call a spade a spade and let's be real, honey. I don't want them fired. I want them to be on until their cases are done. And then, you know, maybe after we lock them up, if we want to see them come back into real life again, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind watching Lori Loughlin right now. Let's just, again, let's call a spade a spade. We're going to watch. That's just the reality of it. Um, Okay, the other women and how they have reacted. So there was this weird, strange tweet that um, Evan Ross Katz, who's a podcaster and a writer, who's pretty credible, he shared what looked like a screenshot of a DM that Heather Gay sent that said, I am shooketh, which we assume was in response to everything that was going down. However, we weren't given much context around what I am shooketh was related to. Was it an old screenshot that was saved in his phone that he thought was appropriate to share right now because he was feeling shooketh? Or what well, seemed like he like retweeted it with like a dead emoji, which made me believe that she had posted it in real time and sent it to him as like, I am shooketh about everything that's going on right now. And like this arrest and the fact that it's happening on camera as we're filming season two and season two just started filming. So like we're pretty early into all of this. So this is all going to play out on camera. So that's seemingly how she responded to the news. But the tweet was has since been deleted or that 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 screenshot has since been removed. She hasn't commented on it further. Evan Ross Katz hasn't really addressed it 
from what I was able to find, he hasn't really addressed why the screenshot is gone, what the context was, if she was directly referring to the case. Was the screenshot something that she sent to him recently during the arrest? Something prior related to something else? We don't know, but that seems to be Heather's response, that she shook it, and I think we're all pretty shook it that this is all breaking. And then we have Brooks Marks in his tracksuit, sitting at home right now, eating popcorn, sipping tea, and just loving every second of all of this. He went on his Instagram, and he was singing Mama, the rap song Mama, with Nicki Minaj, and he was he was lip-syncing the words... She throw dirt on my name, ended up at her own burial, which everyone was like, oh, Brooks Marks is shading Miss Jen Shaw. Is he shading Miss Jen Shaw? That's when Meredith jumped in and she's like, hold up, wait a minute, don't talk about my son and close your legs so that he doesn't have to see your vagina again. And Meredith is like, not sure what you're all interpreting here, but there are no hidden meanings on his post. He is simply lip syncing to one of his favorite artists, take it at face value rather than reading into it heart sparkly emoji which to me just sounds like she's disengaging so that she doesn't get in trouble with bravo for spilling tea or commenting when they're all under contract and technically aren't allowed to get that coin meredith meredith knows she's like i'm not trying to get kicked off this show i'm I'm trying to keep this paycheck because if my husband ever ends up leaving me at least i have the show and Brooks Marks, and I will support him and his tracksuit because you can't really say it's a fashion line because it's just one suit. Or is it a fashion line now? I think he's expanding it. Let's talk about Coach Shaw. What did Coach Shaw actually know? Well, what I know about Coach Shaw, which I've learned recently, is that he has over a decade of experience in history practicing law prior to becoming a coach, which means, well, it means possibly two different things could possibly mean this is a good way that they got some of their money or have some of their money. If he was practicing law for well over a decade, there could be money saved up. They could have invested the money somewhere, maybe in stocks, maybe in, you know, savings. Who knows? But he seemed to be successful with his law practice. So he could have some money set aside for them to live off of. He could also be doing some sort of consulting legally. Um, he's not really, we don't see him as a legal commentator, but he could still be a legal advisor and could be making money that way because we definitely know he's not paying for that house or that lifestyle with his little coaching business. I think the average that a, a coach in his field would actually make is probably like 50 K a year, which sounds a little low when I say that out loud. Um, but it's not, he's not making in a hundred K plus. And it seemed like it looks like the bulk of the money was probably coming in from her. But given his history, there is a chance that they have money saved up or invested somewhere that's helping them pay for their lifestyle now. But that could explain where they originally attained some sort of wealth. You know, she was answering phones for 18 for 411 and he was, you know, doing his law practice. So that's a possibility. The other thing is, and this is where I think he may be connected to everything, is he could have potentially possibly given her some sort of legal advice. And their relationship seems to be a little more involved and they seem to have a... I mean, I know she said that he wasn't as involved like with the passing of her father and that that was really hard, but I just feel like their communication when it comes to their lifestyles and their business at least from what we've seen of it on camera, seems to be a lot more involved than the Judices or the Girardis. I think Erica and Tom didn't have much communication. We see that Teresa and Joe didn't have much communication because obviously he was out there. He was cheating on her. Like he was keeping all these secrets from her. She just wasn't that, she didn't care other than being the mom and the housewife. She didn't care to have anything else. I think Jen Shaw cared to have more involvement because she pitches herself as like the CEO, this savvy entrepreneur. You know, I think she, they were in, involved in their finances and their businesses a little more than the others were. So this is where I think she probably could have even gone to him for some sort of legal advice, given the fact that he was a lawyer. And like, if your husband used to be a lawyer, has the experience, I'm pretty sure he's giving her some sort of pointers, I would assume. So this is where he I mean, and the fact that he even, I mean, I guess a husband would call his wife to be like, hey, the feds are after you, you may want to like, look out. Um, I guess that's pretty standard and normal for a spouse. But I mean, I don't know. I think he actually knows a lot more than 
he may want us to believe. Because, I mean, again, you have history with the law. Your wife is breaking the law, allegedly. You may want to be throwing her a bone and helping her out or at least coaching her to make sure she isn't breaking the law or at least isn't getting caught. Now, she got caught. Is she guilty? Well, this is where things get a little messy and confusing because it looks like there's been an investigation going on for well over a year at this point, like going on soon going on two years um, or actually before that. Cause so back in November of 2019, there was, which is around BravoCon, which is when they announced Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which is right before they went into production for Real Housewives of Salt Lake City or around the time that they were beginning to film it. Because obviously the casting process, like that whole process takes several months that I'm sure they were looking into Salt Lake City early into 2019 before they had the women cast and then announced that that was going to be the franchise and that that was going to be coming out soon. So around that time that we got the announcement of Salt Lake City, there were at least 10 other, there were, yeah, I want to say at least 10 other people that were being investigated at that time that were in connection, that were associates of Jen and Stewart. So they were being looked at, they were being indicted, they were being arrested. Like there was a whole deep FBI investigation that was going on at that time. So this is where the bigger question is like, well, if you knew that some of your associates that are in the same industry, that are working within the same company structure system, not, not necessarily her company specifically, but are working in this same sort of structure, if they're all starting to be investigated, what makes you think that you're not at some point going to be called in? And if you are going to be called in, I mean, whether it's as a witness, whether it's, you know, I mean, even if it's as a witness, if these are your associates, like at some point you're going to think, hey, maybe I might be looped into this. Like, hey, maybe I might go to my husband who has a history of practicing law and maybe he might want to advise me here. And then it makes you think, well, do I want to join reality TV knowing that all of these people are being investigated and there's a really strong chance that I'm going to be drawn into this or pulled into this at some point and this is likely going to make some headlines. Now, whether being pulled into it was getting arrested on camera in season two, I don't know if she foresaw that, but why would you join a reality show given the circumstances of what was going on within this business structure with these companies that you're working with? a really big question. Now, one of the charges was for conspiracy to commit money laundering. All of that that money laundering display cuz apparently she has she allegedly has like offshore accounts and she was making payments but like small payments to these other accounts so that it wasn't raising any red flags. I believe it's 10,000 that may have changed, but I remember um that may have changed in recent years, but from what I remember, the amount that would flag the IRS as a $10,000 deposit. So if you have more, they kind of look into it and want to make sure that it's legit money. But if it's under, I want to say ten or $15,000, do not quote me on that. But I know there's a certain amount that you can keep the deposits at that won't raise any red flags, that won't bring on any sort of investigation or, you know, what is it when they... I can't remember the term where they look into your, your financial record audits when they, they, may, they feel the need to audit you. So around the time that all this was breaking and Salt Lake City was being announced, all of those like money transfers, the quote unquote alleged money laundering, that stopped. The telemarketing scheme, the whole um, those that whole system continued to play out with her company and with some of the other companies that she was working with. That continued to happen, but the money transfers stopped, which also kind of looks fishy. If you're gonna, if this kind, if this whole stuff stopped around the time that this investigation really started to break and people were starting to get pulled in, and you think you may be doing something shady, was it Coach Shaw that said this is starting to look like money laundering? Maybe you should not do this anymore because these people are being investigated, and you could potentially get pulled into this. Who knows why she stopped doing that? But that stopped around that time, which is just very, I would say, convenient. If there are all these people being investigated, and I mean, she could still be complicit for, she could still be held accountable for everything that happened prior to November 2019. The telemarketing scheme allegedly has continued on up until last month, March 2021. And it went from, I want to say 20, yeah, it went from 2012 to March 2021 and it only stopped in March 2021 because she got arrested. 
Cling, cling, bitch. Could she have known that all of this was going to go down? Yeah, she could have known that she was going to be held accountable for this. And I think she was either too arrogant to think that she was going to get caught, too delusional to think that she was doing anything wrong, or just too fame hungry and was thinking like, I'm going to channel this like Teresa Judice sort of fame that or infamy that really catapulted her to the level that she's at right now, which I think is is fair for her to assume would happen. I mean, that's very presumptuous and a little pretentious to think that like you're going to reach Teresa Judice fame if that's what she was thinking. But to think that one, a whole new franchise that has never aired before. We've seen other franchises. We've seen Miami go under. We've seen DC go under. We saw DC go under when there was that White House breach scandal in that first season. So there was a good chance that this could have really flopped and really blown up in her face. And we know that she was a big fan of Teresa Judice's. She's tweeted about Teresa. I believe she even uh, tweeted back in, was it 2019? That Teresa... Teresa walked so that we could run, which now looks really bad, um, considering that now she's been arrested. But it does seem like she was very familiar with Teresa Judice's history, really idolized Teresa Judice. So the fame-hungry piece isn't too far off. Because if you think about it, like she could have thought that she was going to lead and, and be, you know, she could have been arrested, but at least had a book deal coming out of this because of the fame that she would gain. It looks bad. You know, she's being accused of also fighting victims um, for fighting their refund requests. So when they're calling, they're like, oh, these businesses, I'm not gaining anything from this. This seems like a scam. I want to return this. I need to speak to the manager. And then Jen Shaw's like, mm, no, sorry. She would like try to like convince them to stay on board, allegedly convince them to stay on board so she can keep that coin or, you know, just convince them to if they're going to withdraw their services bad on them because they're not trusting their entrepreneurial skills, but they're not getting their money back because this is what they agreed to. So she's also being accused of knowing that the companies that she was giving the leads to, knowing that they were fraudulent companies. And so I was listening to Emily D. Baker's breakdown or analysis of all of this. And she says that that sort of these sort of accusations of her fighting victim refunds and claiming that she was well aware that these were fraudulent or these were companies selling fraudulent services that would really only stick in these charges if there was either some sort of like written agreement with her signature on it, there was something that was in writing that really showed that she was complicit or that there's likely somebody that is testifying against her that has their sworn testimony that says, yes, I had this conversation with her or yes, she spoke. we spoke about this and she knew this with whatever that testimony looks like. But because this investigation has been going on for so long, they wouldn't be coming and arresting her and charging her with these things if they didn't already have, like this isn't a local crime investigation. This is a federal case. So they've been building this for a while. They have other people that are already looped in on this that are probably just looking to bring her down with them or she really was fully one of the heads in this whole mastermind scheme. But the investigation is not new. It's been happening for a minute. So now let's get into some of your theories before I give you my theory. Uh, Thomas Dash on Instagram says, I think she is the mastermind behind everything and that she wanted fame so much that she'll do anything to get it. And with everything coming to light, the audio messages of her treating her staff and so on, it's catching up to her. I predict jail time in October. Okay, I don't know if she'll be in jail as soon as October. I think this is going to play out a little longer. And with all the delays from, um, you know, everything that happened last year, I think it everything's a little backlogged and things are taking a little longer. Will she probably do jail time? I believe she actually will. Because if there is some sort of written contract if they're like that's why Erica Jane hasn't been charged criminally yet is because they haven't been able to prove that she was aware that the money that she was receiving from Tom was actually money from these victims and it was money that was being taken from people that were owed money through these one cases they can't prove that Erica actually knew anything they don't have any testimony they don't have anything in writing so they can't really charge her with anything 
Jen Shaw has been charged and arrested. So that means there is a case somewhere. There's somebody that's talking or there's some sort of paper trail that proves that she really was in on this. So I do think she will likely serve some sort of jail time. Um, How much? I don't know. Uh... Actually, this relates to this next comment that somebody sent in. Tucker Cryan said, My husband was a federal prosecutor for many years. He read the documents and said that she's in a lot of trouble. The amount of time she'll get is based on the amount of money she stole. He didn't see an amount in the documents he read, but will continue to check it because he has access to the federal court system. I don't know if she actually stole money because it was kind of run through these other companies that were the ones that were defrauding the victims. She was kind of just the broker between them. She was the one delivering the leads and then getting a cut of whatever they were selling. So I don't know how much money would even be considered stolen or if the amounts would even be revealed in court. Um, But I don't think she's going to be receiving the full max sentence of 50 years or even that's, that's if they're, you know, if the the um, if she's convicted and the sentence is going to be back to back, usually it's not back to back. Usually they're concurrent, so the most she'd probably have to serve is thirty years. But so twenty for one charge, and then the additional ten for the second charge. So thirty years total is probably the maximum she could likely face if the cases if the the sentencing is together. But. I don't know. I don't think she's innocent at all. I mean, again, there are really only three different pieces that, and this relates to like Thomas Dash's comment earlier, it really can only shake out one of three ways. Either she was too arrogant to think that she was going to get caught. She thought she was going to get away with it. She thought that her hands were clean. Her books were clean. Again, she has Coach Shaw in her court that could potentially be helping advise her possibly, I'm not accusing him of anything, but it's possible that he was advising her, which is where she would gain this arrogance of like, I don't think I'm going to get in trouble for this because I got a lawyer in my court. I have 20 years of marketing experience. I know what I'm doing. I know what lines I can dance on. But it's like, if you have the experience and you know what lines you can dance on and which lines you shouldn't be crossing. So, I mean, it's also possible that she really was dancing on that fine line and isn't as guilty as she thinks she is, but whoever could possibly be testifying against her, maybe they're trying to save themselves by dragging her under. And But again, if you're dancing on that line of, of legal and illegal, then there's a good chance that you can slip over that line or the associates that you're surrounding yourself with could likely drag you into this. Whether you're guilty or not, you're guilty by association. When you hang out with trash, you start to stink. Wasn't that a Caroline Manzo quote? God, that woman is so smart, so wise. Not really. She's fun to watch, though. Um, Okay, so she's either too arrogant or she's too ignorant to think that she was even doing anything wrong. For all we know, she didn't even realize she was dancing on this line between legal and illegal. And she maybe she really thought that she was helping elderly people build their e-commerce business from home. I don't know. I maybe. I think this is the least likely option. I don't think she's that stupid. I don't think she's like Teresa Judice is ignorant and she was ignorant and trusted her husband. Jen Shaw seemed to have acted alone, at least business wise. And I don't think she's that dumb of a woman. I think she was pretty aware that what she was doing wasn't the most kosher. So I feel like I need to even just veto the ignorance option. However, I think that may be the card she tries to throw down in court is like, well, I didn't know. But then it's like, okay, girl, but you had 20 years of marketing experience in this industry. You are the CEO of three marketing companies. I I don't know. I think you can't play dumb. You can't play smart and stupid at the same time, as Bethany Frank would say. And then the last option is that she's desperate. She's too desperate for the fame to risk it all, knowing that she'd likely have the notoriety to keep her going like Teresa, or at least hoping, because again, it's a long shot considering Salt Lake City was a new franchise. But it's possible that she was like, you know what? I'm going to go down for this. So if I'm going to go down... If I go down for it without the fame, I have nothing in the end. I would have to completely rebuild from scratch. Nobody would ever really know my name. I would probably have to like go into hiding and find some other way to make some money. But at least this way, even if she does go to prison, which is very likely, even if that does happen, 
then there's a really good chance that she can come out of this. She still has her housewife's paycheck. She's going to have that set for a minute. And there's a good chance that she can come out of this, sign a book deal, sign endorsement deals, selling stories to people and Us Weekly cover stories like exclusives. Like she very likely will be okay even if she does go to prison for it. I mean, how many stars have we seen go to jail and bounce right back and have fame and notoriety, whether it's infamy? I mean, we had all the, like, Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan, Nicole Richie from, like, the old 2006-2007 era. But, like, and now we have, like, Housewives era where because we're so hyper-focused on watching how this all plays out, we're giving her more of that platform Uh, which is naturally interesting. We're human. We love the tea. We love the scoop. We're going to watch it. Whether we're going to be buying anything that she's selling afterwards, I don't know. It depends on how much we end up liking her on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I think that's one of the reasons Teresa was successful. Teresa had the platform for multiple seasons prior to all of this breaking, prior to her being arrested. She wasn't arrested until, what, season six? So we at least had five solid seasons. We had the table flip. Like we had so many iconic moments of and with Teresa that made us like her. She was funny. Um, We liked her and then we loved to hate her. And so there was just this twisted relationship that we had with her. There was enough of an audience to get the Teresa stands and to get the diehards that are still diehards with her to this day. But I don't think Jen Shaw has as much of that pool. Erica Jane, I think, could or could have had she not been so tone deaf with her social media. Again, how it all plays out on the show is ultimately going to be whether or not she wins over some of the audience or not. I think she's not doing any, she's not doing herself any favors in terms of like the PR and the perception from the public. Like she's not making herself look any good. Jen Shaw, on the other hand, I think if she was going for the, the fame piece of it, she's either too arrogant or too desperate to be famous. I don't think she's going to be, I don't think she's really too ignorant, but I do think that's the card that she's going to play. But I think it's re, re, in real life, it's likely arrogance or desperado thirstiness for the fame. I think it could be one of, of the of the two. I mean, if I'm going to be going on a reality show and I know that there's likely going to be this big scandal that's going to break, at least I go down with having a platform. You know, I think most people, you would either want to run and hide or I don't know. It's, it's, what do you think? Send me your theories. Send me your thoughts. Let me know how you're feeling about this whole Jen Shaw stuff. Um, I think only time will tell how it all plays out. But I love that we get to watch it on the new season of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Don't miss my interview with Rachel Yucatel this weekend. Join the private Facebook group. Everyone's, everyone in the private Facebook group seems to think that there is a 0% chance that Jen Shaw is even a little bit innocent. So I think they've also ruled out the arrogance card. Come into the Facebook group. Let us know what you think, whether you think it's arrogance, desperation for fame, or you think it's something else. Do you think that she's a mastermind? Do you think that she was the head honcho or was she in like the second or third tier of this scandal? I don't know. Let me know what you think. RIP to Luann and Garth. Sorry, guys. I didn't know if that was ever really going to last. Let's just be honest. But thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Give me a five-star review or just give me a review. I would love five stars. But give me a review on iTunes. Let me know how you're feeling about the show. Shout-outs coming next week. This week, Rachel Yucatel on the show. And that's all I got for you this week. I hope you enjoyed this week's mini deep dive because it wasn't a full deep dive because everything's still kind of unfolding. It's only a week deep. But thank you guys for listening. Follow me at Just Find Zach. Follow the show at No Filter with Zach. And I will talk to you on Wednesday. All right, guys. Bye.